Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell. And that's me. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. Chats with Susan Burrell is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world, and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And who doesn't want that? So let's get started. So today I am honored and excited and really curious about how, how this chat is going to go today because I am talking to Dr. Michael Veslek. He is a functional medicine doctor, and I would imagine there's many people out there that don't know what that means. So Michael, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Susan. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, I have chills. This is going to be fun. So functional medicine is different from traditional medicine. And, and uh, let, can you share with everybody why that is? Sure. Um, functional medicine, I believe, is really the 21st century approach to healthcare. And its primary objective is to try to find the real underlying cause of a problem rather than just looking at symptoms and maybe prescribing some medicine. Um, it's definitely more patient-centered and it really involves the doctor spending a lot of time with the patient, actually listening to the patient, and um, trying to figure out a whole body approach to, you know, help whatever that patient's complaints might be. So I just I love this concept. Okay, because for me personally, um, you're my doctor, but I want everybody to know um, I am a type one diabetic. I've been so I've been that way on insulin for over twenty for over twenty eight years, and um, I have stopped using traditional medicine doctors for exactly what you just said. They I show up and they go, oh, let's change your medication. Oh, you know, we need to do this. You need to do that. And it never, uh, in my experience of twenty eight years of having a disease. Um, a chronic, uh, potentially life-threatening disease, uh, uh, traditional doctors don't know how to treat my health. And I think that's true for many people out there. And so that's why the functional medicine is fascinating to me. And, and you have definitely helped my, uh, my health to improve in, in, in places even turn around. Um, and because I'm not getting extra drugs, uh, pharmaceuticals introduced into my system. We've been doing it holistically and then naturally. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, the focus of functional medicine for probably all the conditions is diet, lifestyle, good nutrition. Mm -hmm. They've kind of proven that uh, that helps control your genetic predisposition. It makes these, the DNA not really express how it should. And just a good, you know, healthy diet and lifestyle can go a long way in treating, I think, most chronic conditions, if not all of them. I mean, it's an important, you know, part or component that needs to be done for sure. Right. And so one of the things you said earlier is that um, you listen to the patient. So you're, first of all, Michael's very intuitive, everybody, but you really listen to the patients and you take the time to hear what they're saying and maybe even what they're not saying. Um, and how does that help? How does that help improve someone's health? Well, I mean, thank you for saying that first off, but I think that, um, you know, it's, 
it's so easy to jump to conclusions, but the patient really, if you, if you really listen and really understand, they give you enough clues to what's going on. The patient usually knows. And then sometimes just randomly in a conversation, they might say one word that actually is the link you've been looking for to put the whole picture together. So oh, really? I've, I've learned to sometimes just step back and, you know, try for sure never to let my ego get in the way and just let the patient, you know, say what they have to say, obviously ask questions, maybe to direct in a certain way at times. But um, listening, I think, is the, the number one thing you have to do. You have to pay attention to the patient. They, they're the ones that really know. Now, you have um, part of the tools you use to help uh, the individual heal themselves in a way are uh, multiple, dif- multiple different, what is that, redundant? I don't know what is that. But <laughs> you have several different kinds of tests that you have people do that are out-of-the-box kind of tests and very simple. I was like concerned when you said, okay, I'm going to have you do these tests. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I have to give blood? So would you tell people a little bit about that? Yeah. So normally, you know, in the medical model, um, we we do basic blood work, which needs to be done. That's still the foundational testing. So we're looking at a complete metabolic panel and, you know, the CBC, just to make sure there's no real dysfunction within, you know, say kidney, liver, heart. And, um, but what I found with my patients, what really got me into it, my patients were saying to me, they're saying, you know, Dr. Veslak, my labs are normal, but I feel so lousy. Yeah. They started this whole journey for me probably about 10 years ago. And I realized that I really didn't have any answers for them. So I really just dove into the functional medicine world. And the, the, the more you dive, the deeper you have to go. So what, you, know, you have to continue the process of learning because what you'll find is if you learn something that weekend, a Monday morning in walks that patient and now you can help. So it's a, it's a continued journey. And um, the testing we use, there's a couple labs throughout the country that all functional medicine doctors pretty much know about and use, but it goes a little bit deeper into the why part. Like remember functional medicine, we're really trying to figure out the cause. So mm-hmm. we have labs to figure out, is it, you know, chemical toxicity or heavy metal or bacterial issue or even genetics. So we run a lot of labs like we did on, on you to really try to find out like, you know, why you're getting up in the, no, not you personally, but why the patient is getting up in the morning so fatigued. So we run these labs to figure out, you know, the, again, the why part of it, the real cause. Yeah. Well, and you did do that. I mean, I was feeling fatigued daily and constantly. And, and one of the things you discerned is um, that I had uh, metal in my brain, uh, uh, um, mercury. Mm-hmm. And so then we did a really easy, easy cleanse for about five days that within two days, my brain felt 100% better. It was like the synapses were finally talking to each other again. Yeah, I mean, that's the great part about functional medicine when you really have it figured out. And that's why I love these tests. I figure out once you find the cause, the solutions are easy. So if, if the tests show like heavy metal toxicity, and you do a cleanse, that patient's going to feel better. And though so I've come a long way as far as my um, detoxing, let's say with heavy metals, and the protocol that I put you on was, um, it is simple, but it's actually very effective in a short period of time. Um, and that's what we try to do is 
you know, maximize benefits in a relatively short period of time so people can start feeling better as fast as they can. So without naming names, Michael, could you share uh, one or two success stories of patients where they came in pretty compromised and then left after a while feeling much better? Yeah, I, I deal a lot with uh, chronic, chronic patients, chronic pain. Um, I think a success story that I've had recently was a, um, a chemo-induced neuropathy. So the word on the... Um, in the whoa, 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 I'm sorry. A chemo-induced neuropathy. Now, people, is everybody listening to this? Uh, how many people are doing chemo? A lot, right? And they think they have to suffer the consequences of that, right, Michael? Yeah, so one of the side effects of chemotherapy can be neuropathy. Mm -hmm. Usually, it's... Um, there theoretically is no cure for that. But I've kind of figured out from a functional medicine standpoint that they're actually, if you support the body in certain ways and every patient's different, so there's not, there's not a cookbook approach for everybody. Um, but with chemo-induced neuropathy, they have to process these chemicals in the liver and it has to be filtered out through the kidneys. So really there's a lot of kidney and liver support along with activation of those nerves. And we did a complete 100% reversal of this patient's chemo-induced neuropathy. Uh, okay, 100% reversal. 100%. And how are they doing with their cancer? Uh, doing great. Yeah, doing great. Clean scans. Um, doing excellent. So, uh, okay, so, so what did they do? Did they take... Um, supplements to do this or did they have to go eliminate food or how did they how were they able to to so, um heal the neuropathy that, with that's, your help that's a good question so this patient she made it very easy because she was already living a fairly healthy lifestyle and loved to exercise so we didn't have to start from you know the ground floor it's hard when a patient has eaten lousy their whole life or never exercised to tell them you have to do these things so what we did is we incorporated some nutritional supplementation to support the nerves. And we, um, we did a little treatment in the office that helps to activate the nerve and bring blood flow back to the nerves. And then, um, and then a couple detoxifications of the liver, a little support of the kidney and gut. And uh, the, the turnaround was remarkable. It actually happened probably within a four to six week period. Whoa, that's incredible. To me, that's incredible. I thought it was actually fairly incredible also. <laughs> uh, I usually, I know I could usually provide benefit in that situation, but usually I try to provide reasonable expectations for the patient, like 50, 70%, which they're still excited about, um, of improvement. But this was complete reversal, 100%, which, again, is unheard of. So right. that, was, that was a great success story. So I wonder, Michael, how many traditional doctors understand or utilize functional medicine because it seems like it should could or should kind of dovetail and help each other well it's becoming increasingly more popular fortunately the, the tough part is it is it takes a lot of time so my my work at home is you know i spend hour two hours on a case and you know i'm passionate about it so that to me in a way is relaxation to another person, they might look at that as work. Yeah. And, you know, they don't really have the time because they're more of an insurance-based model. 
functional medicine, a lot of times insurance won't cover the costs. Mm -hmm. My patients that come in, you know, they're looking for answers. They're looking for help. And usually they're willing to uh, pay for the care because the insurance model just doesn't really work for them. Um, And so they don't really have the time to spend, but some, you know, more and more of your medical doctors now are recommending good nutrition and exercise. Um, but they don't quite get it along with that is the bag of the meds that then you're going to have the side effects. So they're getting, they're getting closer. They're getting better. Um, I see the trend changing, but it's, it's going to take a while. Well, okay. So going back to when I was seeing traditional doctors, you know, like, um, the endocrine doctor, uh, who was lovely. They're lovely people. They've studied quite a bit, but all they know is how to say, increase your insulin or take this other pill or don't take that pill. But they don't know cockadoodah about nutrition. And part of my body was I was eating the wrong things that were on the diabetic scale that I was supposed to eat, like having bread, which it, it's it's not the thing that my body can handle anymore if it ever did. Yeah. I mean, even with the type two diabetics, which obviously is way more common than type one. Yeah. Type two diabetics, they're still, when they come to my office, they're still rarely consulted on nutrition and, and they believe that since they take the medication, it gives them a free reign to eat whatever they want. And boy, it does not. Right, because the blood sugar still stays high, and blood, high blood sugar is probably the most inflammatory thing within the body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tell them metformin does not give them that free pass. They still have to control it. And, the, you know, and type 2 diabetes, as you know, is completely reversible also. Exactly. If you, ca- if you catch it and you're willing to commit to a healthy lifestyle, you, there's no reason why you should be diabetic if you've been diagnosed with a type two. Yeah. So they're, again, they're, uh, I think the traditional approach is getting better though. A lot of doctors now that just deal with internal medicine and the diabetic um, community, they actually have a nutritionist on staff. Yes. I go to the, I went to the nutritionist and she said, so here's the, here's the food pyramid, right? And at the bottom is you get to eat as much bread and pasta, not as much as you want, but that's included as opposed to the other way of eating that's healthier, which is more uh, paleo, less carbs in anything, you know, whether it's you're having vegetables that have a ton of carbs, like having a baked potato is not healthy. I know it is frustrating. I get frustrated myself sometimes. Um, What I like though, it's trending in the right direction, but it still has a lot. It still needs to go a little bit farther. and I think the training of some of the nutritionists, you know, can't be from, you know, 1975. It has right. to be current right now. And, right. Uh, you know, more the ketogenic type diet and, you know, the paleo and any anti-inflammatory diet that you're going to work with, you know, to control your carb intake, obviously. Okay. So ke- uh, ketogenic and paleo diets are to help with inflammation of muscles, inflammation of... I would say just of the body. So I, I use ketogenic specifically for if somebody is having more of the brain issues, brain fog, mm-hmm. the, maybe the, even the early signs of dementia and type 2 diabetics. Um, so I think the ketogenic is really great in that situation. Uh, I'll use the paleo more for my autoimmune type patient. But, you know, I always say the best diet is the one you're going to do. 
So if some people do really well on the keto, uh, like I believe you did. Yes, I did. Some people actually don't do so well because they only go in 80%. And then when you like go in 80%, uh, you're eating all this fat and then you're the other 20% you eat in the carbs and then you actually get heavier and feel worse. So, you know, keto is great if you follow all the rules. Yeah. I really do like it, but some people just have a hard time doing that. Well, it's interesting because um, I, when I moved into the keto, I had been doing a paleo diet. So I kind of stepped up into it, you know, which was actually helpful. Um, and, but then there's days, you know, like when I travel, I just got back from traveling in Ireland, Scotland, and the UK, and they have the best brown bread. So I ate bread when I was gone. And, I, I, and coming back, I'm not, I, my gut and my body, I didn't notice too much of a fallout, thank goodness. So, Yeah, the food's a little bit better over there because it's really a little bit more organic than we have here. Right. And less processed. Less processed and the wheat's a little pure. So yeah. I have a lot of patients come over, come back and they say, oh my God, I was able to eat whatever I wanted to and I had no reaction. So, yeah. And then it's coming back and getting back on the, uh, the keto train again, you know, to get yeah. rid of any other inflammation you may have brought in. So um, what, give us another example of a, a success story that you've had. Well. Um, what's becoming more and more common is, um, unfortunately anxiety and there's probably a lot of reasons for it. And I have different theories about it and it's probably different for everybody. I think the electromagnetic frequency has something to do with it. I think our reliance on all, you know, the cell phones and computers, I think our lack of socialization has something to do with it, but probably one out of two, one out of three teenagers I see now has anxiety. So then it can creep up to another level where it can almost become this condition called dysautonomia, which really affects the whole autonomic system. So, um, and I've seen more and more, I mean, five years ago, I never heard of the term, but now yeah. I've seen probably a half a dozen this year, which is a lot. So dysautonomia, the worst case scenario is when you are sitting, you stand up, you either pass out or you want to pass out because your blood pressure doesn't regulate because your autonomic system doesn't work. Wow. So I've, I've had pretty good success uh, controlling this in patients and actually uh, really making some big time life changing, you know, situation for them. So I've had so, a couple of patients that I've had success with. Okay. So that's amazing to me because um, we are constantly being uh, exposed to electromagnetic frequencies all the time now because of cell towers and all of that, right? Yes. So then, so what did you do? Did you put them on a diet of no cell phone, no technology? You do restrict it a little bit. They do have things out there that actually protect the frequency on your phone. Oh, okay. It's called a hedron. Um, Mm -hmm. With them, it's a lot, it's actually has a lot to do with a part of the cell called the mitochondria. So the mitochondria becomes so damaged, it actually creates this whole reaction in the body. And it has a lot to do also with the brain. So the brain's, most of the brain's job is to inhibit this part of the brain to control the autonomics. And when the brain is kind of like having issues, it doesn't control it enough and these autonomics can just go crazy. So I do a lot of work with the brain on, 
on trying to inhibit um, that response. And like I said, so I give them exercise to do at home. It's definitely dietary recommendations and, um, and then certain supplements and then restriction of, you know, you got to have good sleep and you have to like restrict the EMF activity. And, um, it's, it's a really difficult thing to treat. Most, most docs have actually no clue how to deal with it. I somehow, you know, I've become a nerd later in life. So I read a lot and I just, when I have a patient come in, I just obsess about it and learn as much as I can. And fortunately I've had some good success, but I'm not going to say that I can cure this stuff because each patient is different, but, um, I've again, had pretty good success with it. And, and where they're living too would make a difference, huh? If they're living near a, one of those electro, wherever the electrical conduit thing is. Yeah. I mean, I remember years ago we were buying a house and we had, we were looking at a house that was literally right under a, a electrical conduit. And I was like, no, we're not doing that because I didn't want our family to be exposed to the, yeah, EMFs that you know that come off of those things. People don't even know that. Yeah, some people are getting sick. They're saying with that 5G, it could even become worse. Worse, yeah, which is a little frightening. I literally had a patient where I had to do the consult outside. She couldn't come to my office, and every time she did come, I had to turn off my router because she would get sick immediately. Uh, that was an extreme case. Yeah. And in that situation, really, the brain is so. I would say, uh, I hate to use the word fry, but it's so, it just can't really function properly. So any exposure to any little thing just sends off these triggers that they get, you know, nauseous and dizzy. And it's, it's actually extremely sad. Wow. Uh, you know, and so many people sleep with their cell phones right next to them or, yeah. or listening to some sort of meditation, sleeping yeah. aid thing from that goes through their cell phone. So even the router across, so if you have a wall and you're uh -huh. right next to that bed on the other side of the wall, that's still not great. That's what I have in my house. I guess I'm having a conversation. <laughs> we, we, we have to move, you know, if you're having those issues, we would move that, right? Tell you to turn your router off at night. Uh-huh. Cell phone at night is an issue for yeah. some people, you know, and then some people can tolerate that. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. So, um. I have another question. When you are working with patients, besides listening to them, um, do you have an intuition? Like, do, do, do you use your intuition for, like, because I'm all about intuition. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say yes. I feel like I was blessed with a certain gift and that sometimes the answers just come super easy to me where I just kind of know the path to take. And I'm going to say most of the time it, that intuition, if I listen to it, happens to be correct. And um, I just have learned from an early age to follow that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I do believe that, uh, you know, we probably all have that in us, but I've tapped into it. You know, my mom would talk about it when I was a kid. So uh, she's very spiritual and she, you know, that's just how I was raised. And I actually believe I, I just was able to tap into it at an early age. It made practice for me, I think, just easier. Yeah. You know, some of the hard problems that just become super clear, super fast. Yeah. Well, especially when you're, when you're used to listening to your intuition and following it. So um, 
The other thing about uh, functional medicine, do you find that a lot of people that come to you, Michael, are at on their like last nerve? They've they've tried everything. This is what if I take patients as they leave my office, this is what they say. They say, you are the last doctor. You are my last hope. I've been to Cedars. I've been to UCLA. Some have been to Mayo. You're it. So I actually take that responsibility super serious. That sounds kind of heavy. I feel a lot of pressure. And that's why I just put a lot of time into it because um, you know, I tell my patients, I, when I drive my car, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And really, the intuition part sometimes comes. I go, okay, I think I got it. Then I run a test to confirm it. And, and usually the confirmation is correct. And then we can proceed with the, you know, the solutions. So, um, yeah, it is heavy. And, um, but it's also emotional and then in the end, extremely re- rewarding. So... Well, I am so grateful that you're around doing what you do and doing it outside of the box because there's so many people like me that just need to have their health back and the traditional medicine way just for a lot of people now isn't, isn't the way to go. So I'm deeply grateful for the work that you do, Michael. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I love what I do. I, yeah. I look forward to work every day which is a good thing. I love that part too. I love that part. Um, so tell everybody how they can contact you. Okay. So I, um, I have a website. It's Dr. Michael Veselak and that's spelled V E S E L A K.com. You can browse around the website and then our phone number. I'm at, I have a practice in Camarillo. Our phone number is 805-482-0723. Um, I sometimes I'll do a little consult on the phone, brief consult, just to kind of see if, you know, we'd be a good fit or if maybe, uh, you know, your issue is within my scope of practice or things that I can possibly help. And um, so you can call the office if you want to request one of those little, you know, five minute consults. I'm more than happy to do that. I'm very accessible. Okay, everybody. He absolutely is. He speaks the truth. (laughs) And for anybody who doesn't live in the California area, um, definitely check out functional medicine doctors near you. And, you know, in my personal experience, they don't really hurt just to go in and see how they can help. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Does. And the great thing about functional medicine is you know, I have actually patients all over the world that I do consults with. Cool. You can do, you know, you can do it basically through, you know, Skype, Zoom, Messenger, and uh, it's it's actually super easy. So cool. I, I spend a few hours a week doing the telemedicine and, uh, you know, the people that uh, can't come to the office. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. Dr. Michael Veslek, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for, um, thank you for being in my life. I so appreciate everything. And I'm just going on you now. Sorry about that. (laughs) But thanks. You're so welcome. So uh, everyone, I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. 
And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste.